Again, welcome to the core and to week number three of My Best Church Life. Uh, your five pastors, our staff, all of us here at 922 Ministries want you to experience just that in light of the church that we are, but also the child of God that you are. And I pray that you've been blessed through weeks one and two as we've talked about gathering and, and what that looks like and uh, what's a little bit different and special about being a part of gathering at a big church and, and why as a big church, gathering is great, but the, the life groups are so important to, to do life together and then today we're going to talk about one portion of the give route, and we're going to split the other one up to a week down the road. Thank you so much again for being here uh, and joining us. And as we get into week number three, I want you to think about that one thing. Like, what's the one thing on your list of chores, things that you're responsible for, things that you end up having to do, whether at work or at home, that you simply wish you could pass on to someone else, no questions asked? Like, what's the job that you dislike the most about your job? And you wish someone else had to do it, but unfortunately you do. Like, when I think about my house, I think about growing up in the home that I lived in, yeah, my chores were like the vacuuming and the dusting, and I despised it. Like, I learned all the tricks of the trade to try and dust around things and not move things, but mom would catch me doing that. And while I didn't like doing it, it wasn't really that difficult of a job. Like, plug in the vacuum and, and push it around a little bit. It, it wasn't life-changing or messy or horrible. Some of you probably don't like much doing the dishes, like your moms and dads make you do them. Everyone's going, what's that? I know there's dishwashers, but sometimes you have to actually wash the dishes with your hands, scrub a little harder, and dry them off. Like, take some time, but it's not one of those things that, at the end of the day, I wish, of all things, I could pass on to somebody else. In my house, when we were raising our kids, the, the thing that would have been at the top of everyone's list was the same. Picking up after the dog when they did their work. Right? Like, no one likes to do that in a house. You know how I know? Because the other three people, the amazing blessings God gave to me in my life, never did it. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to pick up the, well... The do. And I had to. Like, if there's someone here who wants to tell me that you would opt for that job and you'd be willing to do it for any of your 922 church friends, I don't think you've ever experienced picking up what's left behind after the winter thaw. Can I get an amen from all you dog owners? Amen. Like, no one likes to do that. <laughs> or how about at work? Like I thought of all the jobs at 922, if there was a job I wouldn't want to do, which one would make my list? And it's the one that Joel does at our 922 campus during the school day. Like when the littles who walk through our doors, who are so cute and adorable, aren't so cute and adorable, and their tummy aches and they get sick, the teachers don't mess up, clean up the mess. <laughs> they call Joel. <laughs> like, that's what he does. <laughs> Like, the odds are pretty good. It's the same home I grew up in. When my kids got sick, my wife said, I'm not doing that. You are. Like, there's lists of things at your job, at your workplace, in your home, that you probably wish you did not have to do. And as you have that on your mind, I want you to think about me. Because the job I have to do today is the least favorite job that I get as a pastor. Like, having this sermon like, I'm the lead pastor of this church. I'm the one who schedules the preaching schedule. I shouldn't have to preach on 
money. <laughs> like I should give it to one of them, right? Well, that was my fault. I scheduled myself. Like this is a hard job. Like it's the one job of all the things that, that I have a, as a pastor have to do. Because I know the minute some of you heard he's going to talk about money today, 50% of you in your mind already checked out like seriously, I gave up an hour of sleep to listen to this dude talk about that. Like, it, it's hard as a pastor to do this, no matter what church size you're at. Like, I've been a pastor at a small church, and, and we've had to talk about money a whole lot more than I ever have had to here, because, like, every last dollar and every last Sunday matters, because you have to pay your bills in order to keep the light on. It's hard at a big church, because you know what happens at big churches, if you've been around here long enough? We're on capital campaign, big ask, over and above gifts, time number four. Like there's always something new, always something big, always a new opportunity, and it always requires an ask. <laughs> like getting tapped one more time for over and above gifts is hard and hard to talk about. You know what else makes it hard? The economy right now. Like when times are good and... and and your investments are going great, and, and your job is kicking out bonuses, and, and gas is $1.50. Well, I don't know when it was that, but when gas was $2, remember those days? Like it's a little bit easier, right? Because the, the money and resources we have have shrunk down due to the gas prices that we experience the minute we drive into the gas station, the, the prices on the shelves at, at the stores that have increased rapidly when you know, the economy is where it's at right now. This is a hard sermon to preach. And I'll be honest with you, it's hard because it's personal. Like there are a lot of things that me and my friends, me and my wife, me and the people closest to me talk about. Like we're pretty honest and pretty open. But when it comes to money and, and how I use it and how they use it, we don't much go there. It's like politics. Like it's personal. You do you and your resources, and, and I get to do me, and we don't have a discussion. But maybe the hardest reading of all right now for me to do this in this series as the lead pastor of 92 Ministries is the very thing Pastor Jim likes to say over and over and over again. 922 Ministries is not normal. Like, we are living a pretty good church life right now as a ministry. Like, the facilities we have are amazing, Right? I mean, whichever campus you've gone to, they, they're beautiful. The school facilities that we just built the last two times are amazing. Like the ability that we have to do because of the resources that are at our disposal, like we have a whole lot at our, and that's what makes this hard. Because you've heard us say, this isn't normal. Which probably is just a simple thing to stop and pause before we go into this sermon any further to, to say thank you, God. Because <laughs> that's true. Like it's true, over this last year, this last fiscal year, we received over $2.5 million in regular offerings at 922. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like I got pastor friends who would literally love to have that be their case. 
Or how about the fact that in addition to that, $1.7 million came in over and above gifts to Greater Things 2.0 as a part of our building project uh, of our new school on our St. Peter campus. Like that's four plus million dollars that came in from you, from your generosity. Like praise the Lord, he is so good. Or, or think about this, that over the course of the time that 922 Ministries has been in existence since the founding of the core, our budget has gone from 650000 to $5 million dollars. The income that has been received went from 650000 to last year being $4.5 million. I mean, that is no joke. That are, those are huge blessings, which make this sermon really hard. And it might be the reason why some of you look at your give route and say, does it matter? Like in that big a pool, what is the little drop of me giving. Well, can I tell you what else is not normal? The budget. Like big churches have big budgets with big opportunities with big expenses. Like over the course of the last 14 plus years in the history of 922 Ministries, that same budget that has increased from an income standpoint has also increased 550% to $4.5 million. Our staff has gone from 12 people to 80. And we don't spend frivolously when it comes to the, the monies that we receive. Like 77% of our offerings, only about 13% of our offerings go to buildings that we have for a purpose. 77 go into people, flesh and blood, to help bless people and their Jesus roots. Like, but we need those resources because we are a big church serving a whole lot of people. Like, and then there's this, there's literally $8 million in debt. <laughs> like as amazing these facilities are, they come at a cost. And I say all those things, so A, you would stop and pause today and celebrate the amazing grace of God, what he's accomplishing here at 922. To see the opportunities that we have and all this that isn't normal, but I'm going to tell you this right up front before you leave and have shut down on me. This sermon is not about the bottom line of the budget. Like when it comes to you experiencing your best church life and the give route, it has nothing to do with 922's bottom line. It in fact is simply about you and God. Like your relationship with him. Like your best church life and your best relationship with God God would tell you and want you to know can be found by having a strong giver. And so before I even broach a topic of, of offerings and, and giving to a church, today I want you to stop and pause and think about why you give. And I want to give you three compelling whys. Why having your best church life involves a strong giver what it looks like to, to give in light of what God says for you to experience the best because that's what God wants for you. Three truths, three takeaways, a whole bunch of passages that I'm going to try and wrap up in a decent amount of time because I know that a lot of you will tune out way quicker today because there's something you want to tune into in about 53 minutes. All right? Unless you're driving from Moshkosh, you'll be okay. So why give? Like, if it's not about the bottom line and the budget, why give? What does giving have to do with your best church life? Well, give, 
Number one is a simple truth that I need you to keep in mind. If it's the only truth you remember today, it will bless you with a better church life. Here it is. Why give? We give because God gave. Like at the heart and core of giving, why why God tells you to give, why we encourage you to give, why we have give as one of the five roots that we believe will bless you to, and cause you to experience the best church life and relationship with God is because the Bible says so. <laughs> and more than anything, it says because God gave. Like why give? God gave. Like God is the most generous person slash example of what it looks like to give. Like God gave his one and only son, the Bible said. Throughout scriptures, it talks time and time, about, time and time again about what all the things are that God has given to you, all the spiritual blessings that, that he has given to you, all the things that he has done for you. We give, simply put, why? Because God gave. It's the the why that the Apostle Paul told those Corinthians. We read earlier from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. If you want to read two little chapters where it talks a whole lot about giving and your best church life and what it looks like, the Apostle Paul's words in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, tie them together, you will hear some great words of encouragement. And here's the Apostle Paul to Christians 2,000 years ago talking about the, the, the best church life involves giving and what it looks like. He said this, since you excel in everything. So the Corinthian Christians were excelling in their spiritual life. They had some really good Jesus roots. We would say it here at 922. Since you excel in everything in faith, like they were growing because they gathered and because they were, were in the word, in speech because they knew the truths of God, in knowledge so their, their wisdom had increased, you excel in complete earnestness so their, their give root, their serve root, their go root was on fire, one might say. And in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in the grace of giving. Like you are excelling in all these different areas. Your roots are really strong. But I'm going to put in front of you a challenge because your best church life will be better. You will be blessed if you excel in this. And he doesn't leave them without a why. Like it isn't legalistic motivation. It isn't a hammer over the head. Like it isn't because Pastor Tim needs a a nicer car or a better vacation. Don't, please don't write my name in the memo line on your checks and say, Pastor Tim's next vacation. I can't accept that. I'm just kidding. That was kind of a pause for a laugh. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Why? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, God owns everything. That though he was rich, he lived in the mansions of heaven. Though he was rich, the, the place where we all long to go, that, that has streets paved in gold and gates made of pearl, though he was rich, he became poor for your sake. Poor. He gave it all up. He took on human flesh. He was humbled and born in a manger. He, he lived a most modest and average of lives. So that you, Corinthians, you, 922, you, Pastor Tim, through his poverty might become rich. Like at the end of the day, God wants you to understand and know he gave and he has made you rich spiritually. He gives and provides for all that you need. But above all, 
He gave his one and only son so that you and I might be saved and spend eternity with him in the mansions of heaven. Like at the end of the day, that is the why God would want you to hear and know and be humbled by and inspired by to give. Not hammered to because your parents made you, not, not because you have to, not to make the budget, but because he gave. And to live your best church life, God wants you to excel in that. So I ask, are you? Or maybe some of you are wondering, what does excellent look like when it comes to giving? I've never been taught or modeled. Parents, if you're here, maybe this is time for you to encourage your kids and what giving looks like and and why you give and how you give and, and, and teach it. Well, the Bible has some clear teaching on it. In the Old Testament and New Testament, there are principles. Like, if you want to know what excelling like looks like for the grace of giving, before we compare it to how we are doing here at 922, is it normal or not normal? God says a lot about it. In the Old Testament, God commanded his people to tithe. You know what that means? If you've ever heard that word before, a lot of people in the churchy world will use the word tithe. That means 10%. So in the Old Testament, God commanded his people to bring 10% to God. There was a reason uh, and and a motive. It was because one tribe of his people didn't get any land. They couldn't grow any crops, they couldn't raise any animals, they couldn't provide food on their table so that the Levites, those people who served God, the people who carried out ministry could, could, could be fed and could, could have homes. But God looked at the Israelites and time and time again, he said, you are anything but excellent. You're maybe not even average. And when God says living your best church life involves the give root, he's serious. Like he literally said to the Old Testament Christians when they weren't coming with their heart, when they weren't excelling in this area, he called it robbery. Like you're stealing from me. Like look at the words of Malachi. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? Logical question Christians would ask. But you you ask, how are we robbing you? Like God, we're not robbing you. God said, yeah, you are robbing me because I've commanded you to bring it in. I've commanded you to give back, and you're not. And so his command was, bring the whole tithe, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Like God, who gives, wanted the Israelites to know that he wanted them to be tested and challenged, and and he wanted to be put to the test to say, just see what I will do when you do. Excel in the grace of giving, because I am a generous God who gives. Like, I will provide for your needs. Test me and see. Here's the thing about the Old Testament. Like God's command to tithe, his reason for that, went away with the New Testament church. But the principles have not changed. Like nowhere does God of the New Testament, who we live in light of grace, tell you or me that we have to give 10%. And some of you are back there going, amen. Okay. But can I get you to take to heart the principles of God? To evaluate in light of how God has blessed you, he would have you consider giving. It's no different than the Old Testament. He just gives you an opportunity to to consider it and doesn't attach a specific number to it. Like in the New Testament, God said this to the Galatian churches, or the Corinthians in the first letter he wrote, which he also said to the Galatian churches, on the first day of every week, principle number one of giving, regular, each one of you, this doesn't apply to some, it applies to all, should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, regular, all people, first, set aside, not last, 
in keeping with one's income, proportionate. But God wants you to look at what you have been given. God wants you to set it aside first, not last. And God wants all people to do this regularly. Like that's what excelling in giving looks like. That's what God's principles for giving look like. God wants you to have your best church life and he wants you to excel in it. So how are you doing? Like I'm not going to ask you to open your checkbook. This church is too big for me to, to literally understand or know who gives what they give. Like numbers are recorded, but no one looks at it. But I can compile the large list of numbers and the offerings we have and the giving units that we have. And you know what I would tell you? Pastor Jim is wrong about one thing when it comes to not being normal. This. Us. Like, we are average. Like, we have about 1,550 giving units here at 922 Ministries. A giving unit is a husband and wife, or if you're single or you, uh, and you're a confirmed member, no matter what age, like, a giving unit is a husband and wife or any individual who is a member here. We have 1,500 of them from age 14 to in their 90s. And in the past year, only 850 gave at least one time. I'm not talking regularly. I'm not talking monthly. I'm not talking... Uh, in keeping with their income. I'm just talking about one gift, one time, 55%. The national average of people who give to charity of any kind is about 60%. We're like right about average. Like 45% of our, our members of 922 never gave a recorded offering. Or how about the number? Like the average person in America gives about two to $3,000 in charity. The average household income in the city of Appleton is $75,000. Some of you make more, some of you make less. I understand that. So when I average it out, based on the 850 who gave at least once, the average gift is about 1,000. And the nat national average is two to three. If I take out you know, all the zeros, it's only 1,800. We're a little below average. Like God would have us put on our heart. He wants us to have our best church life. He wants us to to strive to excel? Is, is there an area in your life where something needs to change? Where you want to change? Where the simple fact that God gave causes you to rethink what you give? And here's the thing, I'm not going to tell you how. I just told you what God would have you consider. Like first, God is worthy of best. God is deserving of regular. In keeping with what God has given, we give because God gave. And I say all that because I want you to hear this. And if you didn't hear it before, you'll hear it again. This, this root, this part, this important best church life moment about the give root has nothing to do with the bottom line of the budget that I'm responsible for. Now, I'm going to tell you this. 922 Ministries needs your offerings. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, to have all this, we need resources. But here's what I believe about my God. 
He will get whatever he wants to get done here at 922 Ministries with or without you or me and our individual offerings. He is that big and he is that good. And if he wants to get something done, he will bring forth resources to make it happen. Your best church life, though, is about you and God. And while we need your offerings, God does not. God doesn't need a thing. But he wants something. He wants your heart. Like so often in the Bible, Jesus used the example, people talked about it. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. What you treasure has your heart. Like if it's your resources that you treasure, you're probably not experiencing your best church life and your relationship with God is struggling or limited. Like God wants your heart. Like I said, he doesn't need your offerings. He, he wants you and he wants to be first. Like we give because God gave and we, we should give because he loved from the heart. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Like that's his heart for you. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes would be saved, you and me. Like, God wants your heart. He said it in, no, uh, very, in very simple words in Psalm 50. If you just gloss over them, you read through them later, God goes back and forth to these people who he, he called to give and he simply said, I have no need for your bulls. I have no need for your offerings. Everything in the world is mine. I know every bird in the mountains by name. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it like God doesn't need your offerings he wants your heart he says sacrifice thank offerings to God fulfill your vows to the most high like why is your best church life attached to the give root because God is worthy of praise because God is a God who loves and God is a God who gave so here's what I want you to hear and think about in light of that God wants your heart so as you give in order to experience your best church life, God wants you to get your heart in the right place with him. Like it's what I read before from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, each one of you should give what he has decided in his heart. So if you're a member of 922 here today and you brought an offering, but, but you're not excited about giving it today, take it home. We don't need it. I'd rather have you go home and think about it and consider it. If you brought it here today because you were under compulsion, because this is just what a Christian does and it's what my mom and dad made me do, please don't. It'll be okay. Pastor Tim will eat this week. You don't have to worry about my kids. They're full grown. I don't take care of them anymore. God loves a cheerful giver. He wants your heart. Like just go home and think about the heart of God and his love. We give because he gave. Like what does it look like to give a gift that's first to God because he has given you his one and only son that is best because God will end up giving you the best uh, of all the, the riches of heaven. Like what is it that it looks like to, to give cheerfully? I, I'm not going to tell you what that number is, but I'm going to ask you to look at how God has blessed you. And before you give next time, give from the heart. The Lord loves that.
And when you consider what you're going to give, consider his love that is given. And all that you're getting. Which leaves us with one more why. Like all those things are true. We give because he gave. God wants our heart. He doesn't need our offerings. But here's Jesus speaking on the topic. And and here maybe when you talk about your best church life, when we talk about our best church life, we tell you to plant Jesus roots because they, uh, as a result, you will experience the Spirit's fruits. You know, as you plant a deep give root, you know what fruits you will receive? You will find more peace and contentment in your life because you understand the God who makes a promise to you and to me that, that he will provide for all of our needs. Like when it's a season of good or a season of lacking, you can find peace and hope. Even though this life like Job knew might be hard, you can even praise the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Like you can give like the widow who went to the temple and Jesus saw all these people throwing big chunks of money and she pitched in two little Meaningless coins. And Jesus said, which one is greater? And the disciples debated and Jesus said, hers. Because she gave all she had. She gave from the heart because she trusted that God who gave would give. God wants you to have that kind of fruit in your life. He doesn't want you to think that that this world is the be-all and end-all. And he also wants you to experience the amazing fruit that can come from giving. Because Jesus said this, The Apostle Paul quoted it. He told it to the Christians, I believe, in Ephesus as he was giving a farewell sermon. He said, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. It comes back to that. We give because God gave. It's all about his grace and his son, which can build up for you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Like, you have riches beyond compare in heaven for eternity. Remembering these words that Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give. You are more blessed to give than to receive. Like giving is a part of your best church life. And here's why. When you think about giving, it blesses them and it blesses you. And yes, as a byproduct, it does bless 922. Like, I will not undermine how blessed this church is. I go to sleep some nights and go, God, I love challenges, but almost every time we've called out a challenge and I've been concerned, people of 922 have stepped up in faith and been so generous. Like, you guys amaze me, you overwhelm me. I'm humbled by your generosity. So this is not about the budget, but I want you to have your best church life, which has a strong, healthy giver, because giving for you spiritually will bless them and you and 922. Them. Like all those teens that come through that door on Monday through Friday to Lighthouse, your offerings and your gifts help support us having that facility here. We don't fund that ministry, but we have paid for the the lights to be on and the, the space to be remodeled. None of those kids come with an offering. Your offering helped us do that so they could hear about Jesus. Or them. Like the 350 people who walk through the amazing doors of that new facility up on our North Appleton campus. Like 3 to 14 years old, none of them have jobs. None of them support a dime, but your dollars make a difference in the lives of 350 people each and every day because they learn about God and his love. Them. Or how about them? Like the friend that that you invited over and over and over again to church who who came here and learned about Jesus and your offerings helped support the ministry that made them feel welcome, that taught them Jesus in starting point 
and now has brought them into a faith community. Like, your gifts matter. And every dollar makes a difference. Can I tell you here at 922, like some people have, have said out loud to me, they have actually said out loud to me, my dollars don't make a difference. I'm going to give them somewhere else. 922 doesn't need them because this is not normal. Can I tell you that every dollar makes a difference? In fact, almost every gift that comes in is not big, it's small. God doesn't want a church and no church will experience its best church life if there is one generous person or a few generous individuals. God wants a generous church filled with generous people. And can I say thank you to God for your generosity that has blessed them in 922? Like 0.01% of our offerings. We had 14,000 unique gifts this last year to date. 14,000 times someone hit send uh, online and gave their gift, dropped an offering in the boxes in back, brought it into the office. 14 separate times someone gave a unique gift. 0.01% of them are over 10,000. Two of them. <laughs> Two. 0.7% of them were between 10,000 and 1,000. Very generous gifts. You know what that totals? The other ones, all under $1,000 as unique gifts, most of them far smaller than that, are the ones that make up most of the dollars that help us do the things that we do that help people plant Jesus' roots, that produce the Spirit's fruits. I need you to understand that every gift between you and God will bless you to give you the best church life, but it blesses them, and it will bless you, and it blesses 922. Like, I thank God for you. And I want you to know how God feels about you and, and he wants you to know that he'll bless you as you give because he gave when you give cheerfully from the heart because he says it. Like, I won't promise you things I can't do, but I will tell you what God promises he will do. He says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Like, he'll bless you. He'll give to you. He'll provide for you. Even better, he'll enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, like spiritual blessings you will abound in. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. My wife tells me all the time, you should be more generous. I'm like, I struggle with this. She's like, this will be good for you. You'll experience amazing fruit because they will be blessed. Others will be blessed. And so will you with a heart of contentment. This service you perform is not only supplying the needs for the Lord's people, 922, but it's also overflowing in many thanks to God. Like people are celebrating your faith and thanking and praising God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God. Like your generosity, your giver, your best church life results in praise for the Lord Almighty, the one who gave his one and only son. Because as people see this, it will accompany your confession of the gospel in Christ and the generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, they'll pray for you. Like giving blesses you and them as we get to pray for each other. Their prayers will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. It comes back to God. It's about his grace. He wants your heart. And it is a blessing. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I thank God for you. And I also know for 922, while it's not normal, God wants far better than normal for you when it comes to your give root because he believes it's so connected to your best church life. Like this is not about the bottom line of the budget. It is about your heart and God, which is exactly what he knew. 
Like last week when I preached this at St. Peter, I said it was a hard sermon for all those reasons. You know what made it harder? Like someone who was a part of our church family, someone who was very involved in our church family, his heart stopped beating a week earlier. And most of you may not have known him, but you probably had seen him. You were blessed by him. Like he sat behind the scenes for all 17 years of my time here and worked the soundboard for so many different people and the, the bands that were playing. He played the drums up here on this stage and he played them at, the, at our uh, St. Peter campus so many times. Like he gathered and he experienced his best church life. He grouped and he was blessed as he did. He, he grew in God's word. He, he talked to people about his, his church. His go root was strong. He, he served and volunteered. And he also gave. Like, I don't know if we would have ever had a praise team at our North Campus 20 plus years ago if it wasn't for, for Farrell giving the resources, providing the drums, buying the keyboard. Because <laughs> that's back in the day when the, the asks were about the lights <laughs> and the heat. And it was really hard for our church family, a lot of the people on our praise teams, because they'll miss him. But I thank God for him like the give root that was strong. He, he loved God and he cheerfully gave and, and he blessed you and he blessed 922 and he was blessed too. And two weeks ago on Sunday, he, he got the amazing call home to heaven. <laughs> he had experienced his best church life and now he's experiencing his best life with God and God wants that for you and for me on both fronts. Which all comes back to the fact of why we give because he gave. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your generosity. I'm humbled uh, by this church. I love this church. It is a generous church. It is not normal. But you want all of us to excel. And so many uh, in faith step up on a regular basis, Lord. And I know that the best church life for all of us is an individual thing in our relationship with you when it comes to the give root. Like, so I pray for our church and each and every person that they might experience and understand the amazing love of God that is the reason why we give, that, that we don't give to meet a budget, but we give because God is number one in our heart. And that as we give, we get to celebrate the amazing truth that the offerings we bring truly, truly are a blessing to, to them, to 922, and most importantly, to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray for our church that we might be a place that excels in the grace of giving and that through us you might use those resources to accomplish our mission to help people plant Jesus' roots that produce the Spirit's fruits. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen.